Welcome to the Abundant Edge Podcast. Here we dive deep into the worlds of permaculture, natural building, and regenerative living as we aspire to help you reach your highest potential for yourself, for your community, and for this beautiful planet that we all share. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher, and I have a great session for you in this week's episode, so let's jump right in. Are you looking for the best resources to help you build a regenerative lifestyle? New Society Publishers has been a leader in sustainable publishing for over 30 years. They publish good news and solutions for individuals and organizations seeking to change their lives so that they may change the world for the better. Their company mandate goes far beyond the single bottom line of profit. They care deeply not only about what they publish, but also how they do business. They believe in the authors that they take on and the works that they bring to the marketplace. From sustainable living to progressive parenting, New Society Publishers has the books you need to help build a better world. Buy your print and ebooks online at www.newsociety.com or at fine bookstores near you. All right, my guest today is Kelly Hart, author of Earthbag Building, which is part of the Essential series on natural building put out by New Society Publishers. He is also the founder of greenhomebuilding.com, dreamgreenhomes.com, earthbagbuilding.com, and a few others. Today we tackle one of the most constant questions that I get asked as a natural builder and that I hear the most debate over in online forums, and that's the subject of domes and their advantages and disadvantages. Now Kelly shares wonderful insights from building earthen domes and living in one for many years. We both share our own stories of success and challenges in building and living in domes, and Kelly gives sound advice on how to avoid leaks and other problems. Now, we also get into the topic of how living in a natural home can have a profound effect on your lifestyle and some of the simple habits you can change to make the biggest positive impact towards a regenerative lifestyle. So before I ramble on too much, here's Kelly Hart. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Oliver. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We just got done building the goat house up on our farm today. What have you been up to? I'm working on a sculpture. Uh, a sculptural project, um, carving some wood. Uh, it's uh, a, a sculpture of, of mitochondrial ease. Very cool. Man, I'll have to see pictures of that sometime. But hey, look, I've got a ton of questions that I'd love to ask you. So what do you say we just jump right on in? That sounds good to me. All right. So before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of our questions, could you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started, especially in natural building and in sustainable living practice? I have been uh, building things all of my life, basically. Even when I was a kid, my, my dad was into building projects around the house, and, and I would always help him. So I learned a lot from him. He was uh, a carpenter himself, and um, so I, I always tagged along with him and, and, and learned quite a bit. He had a, a workshop, a woodworking shop, um, so as I grew up, I spent a lot of time helping with, uh, various projects and earning some money, you know, like we had a lathe and, and, uh, we built various projects in, in his shop. And then as I, uh, matured, I continued, um, working with carpentry and, um, on, uh, dwellings and, Almost anything. I, I uh, have always been very project oriented and, and 
continue to be in, into my 70s. Um, so uh, I would say that it's been a, a lifelong journey of, of uh, interest in, in building, and, and I focused more on sustainable and green um, concepts um, as as I got older, and um, and and I uh, started um, making uh, films fairly early on. I have a, a long background in photography and filmmaking, and at a certain point, a couple of decades ago, I decided to make a a documentary film or videotape at that point uh, about. Uh, sustainable architecture and 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 focus on on natural building, and I, I made a program that's called a a, a uh, uh, journey of of sustainable homes, and um, and in that in the process of doing that, I just got more and more interested in in all the different ways that you could build, including uh, earth bags was was one of the the concepts that I introduced in that video, and so I, uh, when I had an opportunity to um, to to actually do some building with earth bags um, on on some property that I bought, I, I took that opportunity and and, and got my hands uh, in, into the building project itself. That's a remarkable backstory. I wish I had had more access to that kind of education when I was younger. I might have leaped forward in my building abilities much faster. Now, what caused you to pick earth bags out of all of the different options for natural materials available to you? Well, it just kind of fascinated me. It, it seemed so versatile and um, and so inexpensive, ultimately. Uh, and it, it provides an opportunity to build projects that um, uh, are, are really quite sustainable in terms of uh, the kinds of materials that you use. Uh, many designs, and especially domes, uh, can be built without any uh, or very little uh, wood um, and um, and and manufactured materials, you know, beyond the, the bag material and a little bit of barbed wire, everything else is, is just earthen-based. Um, and so that's what I did when I had that opportunity to build was to actually work with earth bags and, and build a whole series of domes that I combined into my personal home. Now, I've seen pictures of the amazing earth bag sort of hybrid structure where you live. Could you tell us about some of the advantages of dome dwellings, as well as some of your personal observations from living in one for so many years? Well, first of all, uh, my experience of living in a dome uh, was just um, really rewarding. Uh, and, and it's interesting that when people would come to visit uh, they would almost the first thing they would do is take in a, a deep breath and, 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 and you'd hear them uh, say, oh, this, this really feels good to be in this space uh, because you feel surrounded. You have a, it's, it's an organic, uh, very motherly, embracing quality that, that um, emanates from a dome. And I think that, that and that's partly because, you know, you don't have 
all those rectilinear shapes uh, that with the corners and and um, and so that was one of my experiences. Um, I knew that the domes have actually the 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 one of the truths about domes is that they can encompass more volume of space than any other shape um, in, ter in terms of the amount of, of, of shell uh, area. In other words, they're very efficient in terms of, of the use of materials to enclose a specific amount of space. And that attracted me. Um, and, and then uh, I really liked the idea that I could uh, build something with local natural materials and, and very little industrial uh, materials included. Now, I know there are a lot of other ways that domes can be built with other natural materials. Could you go through some of the ones that you're more familiar with? Well, I, I know that um, domes have a, a very um, questionable um, reputation. Uh, they were heavily promoted back in the early 70s and mostly geodesic domes at that point. Um, and, and for some of the same reasons I just mentioned, but um, it soon became apparent that they are, they are notoriously leaky, uh, and that has to do with all the, the different, with the geodesic dome, all the different facets that, um, that come together. Every time you have a different plane that connects, you have a, a place where potential leaks can, can occur and, and a separation of of uh, the the uniformity or, or the monolithic quality of, of the dome is can can cause uh, leak problems. Um, now that isn't necessarily true with earth bag domes, but um, it there there are other issues with 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 leaking with with earth bag domes. And then other kinds of domes. Um, there's there's a lot of interest in in what's called monolithic domes. These are uh, basically ferro-cement domes that, uh, you know, you create the shell over a, a metal framework, and, and usually the, uh, the, the concrete is sprayed with a machine, and so it's, it's a highly industrial process, and one that um, is not particularly sustainable, even though once you've created the, the dome that way, it, it can be uh, very efficient and, uh, and, and, and will last a long time. So it has some advantages, but uh, monolithic domes are, 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 are often uh, promoted as one of the strongest kinds of forms. You, you, you can almost picture a, a car driving up on the back of one of these and, and still being supported. Uh, so those those are the primary modes or, or types of, of domes that, that I'm familiar with. Yeah, those are the ones that I have most seen around the different natural structures that I have visited. There's actually quite a few earthen or earth bag domes or ferro cement domes that I visited even around here on Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. And I've 
seen just as many of them covered over with a tarp or even with a secondary roof on top because of those problems that you've talked about. Um, I also see all the time on forums for natural building that that leaking problem that you talked about and degrading from the outside due to rain are some of the most common problems and most talked about issues on those those platforms. So what are some of the solutions that you found for protecting natural domes and vaults, uh, especially um, without necessarily resulting or I guess uh, overusing cement? Because I know that there are a few other ways, but they all seem to be somewhat um, somewhat inadequate depending on the conditions of the exterior climate. Yeah, and, and the, the, the climate is really essential for evaluating the appropriateness of, of building domes, um, with particularly with earth bags, earth bag domes were, were heavily uh, promoted in the in the early days, a couple of decades ago. Nader Khalili at uh, at his Earth Earth Institute in California, um, he he was building almost entirely with dome domes with earth bags. Um, he called it super adobe, and um, and so they, they these domes were built all over the world. But uh, they 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 soon discovered that um, they can leak, and uh, fortunately, in a way, um, it it didn't become a, a tremendously structural problem. In that you know it, it would cause a, an unstable structure that, that could fall in on you. Because he tended to use uh, uh, fill in the earth bags that was uh, modified with with cement, um, so that it would uh, form a, a very solid block, and even if it got damp, it wouldn't deform. And um, but these kinds of domes might still leak, and, and the the problem. Uh, stems from the fact that uh, inherently a, a dome um, or a vault uh, has no other roof structure. The, the the walls and the roof are all one uh, plant or one unit. So that there's if 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 the uh, if if the weather is is damp, you, there's no option for 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 that rain but to fall on. The, the structure of, of the dome itself. And that, uh, that means that unlike, uh, you know, most wall systems and, and roof systems where you have uh, the option of, of, of uh, an eave that, that goes over the, the material, like if you've got a straw bale or a cob or, or even a stone wall, you can create a nice big eave that, that goes over that, that that protects the wall and the materials in it. But with earth bags, you uh, you don't have that option. You you don't have a separate roof over it. So you have to rely on the skin of the uh, of the earth bag uh, dome structure, or or any any dome structure requires. Uh, rely on, on the the skin to to keep any moisture from migrating through and that usually means a plaster or a paint um, of some sort and um, 
it's the the the, the truth is that uh, there's there's really no good solution to uh, a a guaranteed dry earth bag dome over time in a in a, a very damp climate. Um, so for that reason. Uh, I recommend, and other people I know uh, recommend that um, earth bag domes really only be built in fairly arid climates. Uh, you know, like probably no more than 15 inches of, of precipitation a year. Uh, if, if you have a, a much damper climate, then there's always the risk. And, and even if you have a dome that, that is covered with um, concrete uh, stucco or and or painted with like an elastomeric paint or something that is designed to to, to keep moisture out of, of roofs um, there's no guarantee that, that at some point there there, there can't be a, you know a crack and a leak because it's it's just a vulnerable system and then and then the problem becomes uh, once the moisture gets into the bags, um, then the, the the bags can't really breathe very freely because they have a um, a solid moisture barrier on on the outside. So that it, it's a compromising situation that if it ever gets damp, then it's hard for it to dry out, and it, and moisture can accumulate under. Uh, and, and people might not even know it, um, and, and then that can cause various kinds of problems on the inside of the house. You know, uh, it can be leaks, it can be uh, 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 fungus or mold, or ultimately, if the the fill in the earth bags is not stabilized, it can cause uh, failure of, of the dome because if 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 you have an earthen fill in a in a an earth bag dome that's not stabilized and it gets damp enough the whole darn thing can come crashing down and and, and you know it can happen suddenly. Yeah, it's tricky and like I've heard a lot of other people's solutions, but mostly it comes back to what you just echoed, and that is domes are not really appropriate for all climates. And I mean, that's been my experience from the different domes that I visited. I actually went to go see a vault, which, you know, is basically um, just an arced ceiling made with earth while I was working in Senegal with this uh, wonderful friend of mine who, you know, had one of these commissioned by these Nubian vault builders out there. And after two seasons, mm -hmm. they had too many problems with leakages, and they literally built a house around their house with a full roof, uh, adobe walls, and everything that encased their original structure just to keep <laughs> those problems out. And quite frankly, if you're building a house around your house, I don't know even if you're using natural materials, if you've really done the most eco-friendly or environmentally friendly um, option. Just for having to, you know, double yeah, or triple the amount of materials that you're using. I totally agree with you, and and th that is an option if somebody really wants an earth bag dome. 
um, then you can build a separate roof over it that sheds the water away. And, um, and people have done that. Um, so that is a possibility. But as you say, it's not the most ecological thing because they're just using that many more material. Yeah. Now, I've, I've stayed in a couple of domes as well. In fact, uh, I did a portion of my natural building apprenticeship with Carol Cruz in the Tres Orejas uh, community in just outside of Taos, New Mexico. And I mean, most people would consider that to be a fairly yeah. dry climate, though they do get about two or three months of thunderstorms in the afternoons and such. And it can snow significantly during the winter. Um and that was eventually covered over with an acrylic sheeting because for the same reason, the leaks just kept coming. And, you know, both of these examples that I just gave are in fairly dry climates. You know, it might not quite make it within that 15 inches per year rainfall threshold that you were talking about, but, you know, definitely a lot drier than the applications we have here in Guatemala, where we get on average of about 85 centimeters of rain per year. So... <laughs> uh -huh. Um, I think it, it's really just a matter of designing and building for the correct context for your climate and your ecology. Wouldn't you agree? I certainly do agree. Um, the, the earthbag building, the home that I built, was actually not too far from Taos, New Mexico. It was in southern Colorado above there uh, at a somewhat higher elevation. Um, and the, the average rainfall there was about 12 inches per, per year. And, um, and I built a whole series of domes and combined them together. And the, the, it was, it was a, a different kind of situation in that I filled the earth bags with scoria, which is a crushed volcanic stone that's very lightweight uh, and frothy and lots of voids in, in the stones, which actually creates an insulating fill. And, um, and so in that climate, that was perfect. Then for a plaster over that, I experimented with papercrete, which is a repulped, recycled newsprint and cardboard and whatnot, uh, mixed with a little bit of Portland cement, and then uh, put on as, as a, a, a plaster. And, um, and that had some interesting qualities, too. It, it tended to add to the insulation and also... Papercrete has the uh, ability to absorb a tremendous amount of moisture, like a sponge. And so whenever it, it precipitated, um, the, the, the uh, papercrete on the outside would absorb all the moisture and, and none of it would ever migrate into the earth bag uh, structure beneath it. Uh, and, and I wasn't concerned really about the uh, the uh, earth bag fill getting saturated with the moisture anyway because with the volcanic stone um, there's there's no potential for deformation uh, or or rot or anything of that sort and as a matter of fact I never in in the many years that I lived in that uh, earth bag domed house I never saw any moisture or leaks coming through to the inside of the building. Um, Eventually, I, I uh, decided to to, uh, to put a, a, a concrete, uh, not concrete, but a, a cement-based um, stucco as a as a thin shell over the over the uh, papercrete because the papercrete wasn't 
uh, strong enough, robust enough to weather very well. It was starting to erode. And so um, eventually that, that building was, was stuccoed, and that's how it is now. But it, it's still, uh, and I built that about two decades ago, and it, it's still, it hasn't uh, changed at all. You know, I mean, it's, it's still a, a very viable uh, structure. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm always glad to hear when someone has, you know, made a successful model of domes because they are really uh, aesthetically pleasing structures. And there's a lot of benefits in in sort of lifestyle and comfort levels that you can get from them. But, you know, aside from those other troubleshooting and, and uh, sort of difficulties in the building and the maintenance process. Um, I, I think they're fantastic otherwise. Now, I know that you've been promoting sustainable building and design for a long time, and you've actually been living the lifestyle that you promote. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the biggest sort of bang for your buck changes that you made in your lifestyle early on, which really helped you to reconnect with nature and get your lifestyle in balance? Well, um, one of the um, most momentous things was really building my own house, uh, and that was that earthbag domed house. Um, there's there's something about uh, designing and building your own house um, according to your own needs and to your own aesthetics that um, is extremely satisfying. I'm sure you you've experienced that too, and um, and I can highly recommend it, uh, even to people who, who don't consider themselves as uh, particularly handy. I, there, there are lots of, of, of examples of, of people who've decided to, to build something and, and gone to workshops and, and uh, spent time with friends and, and, and learned as, as they went and uh, accomplished wonderful, incredible things. And, and that that the process of doing that is is just extremely rewarding. So I, I can recommend that. Um, other, uh, I guess, uh, when I decided to establish uh, my various websites that uh, are focused on sustainable architecture, and and that I I did around the year two thousand. Um, that was a, a major change in in my in the focus of my life and and i continue to to maintain those websites and um they are greenhomebuilding.com earthbagbuilding.com and dreamgreenhomes.com those are the primary uh, websites and then i also share a blog with uh, dr owen geiger um called the naturalbuildingblog.com so there are, are, are four websites there that, that occupy, occupy a great deal of, of my time, and uh, I, I, I get a lot of, of, of uh, satisfaction from, from uh, offering these to, to people. And there's, over the years, I've always had a group of experts um, who are available to answer questions from, from the public. Um, who, who write in with an email, uh, you know, with, with questions. And, and there's about two dozen experts of, of every aspect of, of sustainable architecture who are willing to answer, answer questions. And so I post the questions and the answers online, and other people can, 
go through those and, and read them, and they're pretty well organized on, on the website, um, and that's in particular in greenhomebuilding.com. And um, so I, I, I found that extremely rewarding and is, to some extent, the basis of, of my income because I, I do make some money with the, the Dream Green Homes uh, website are, are ecological uh, house plans, mostly, that are available for, for purchase, and, and these were designed or, or, or uh, architected by a, a whole group of maybe a dozen architects and designers uh, that um, you can learn from just looking at the designs, but you can also purchase the plans. Nice. Could you outline some of the other websites that you that you manage and how each one differs and the message that you are most keen on getting across to people who are aspiring to live more sustainably or regeneratively? Well, greenhomebuilding.com is, is kind of the, uh, the mother of them all. And um, that one is... is fairly general in, in that it's about all aspects of sustainable architecture, and, and that includes natural building. And so all of the, the various um, kinds of natural building that, that most people are, are familiar with, you will find a page there um, that, that describes uh, what, the, what the technique is, and, and then it, there's uh, lots of resources links to other websites, uh, a whole bunch of books that are, are, are mentioned, um, and then the, the questions and answers are, are outlined so that you can methodically go through and, and learn a tremendous amount about um, natural building and also about uh, the what I would consider maybe a, a dozen uh primary aspects of sustainable architecture as uh, building small, such as uh, being efficient with energy, um, such as uh, passive solar uh, architecture or underground building and passive cooling. Um, All of these different aspects of sustainable architecture are outlined at, at greenhomebuilding.com. The Earthbag Building website is exclusively about Earthbag Building, and, um, and it embraces all aspects of, of Earthbag Building, really, uh, with lots of examples. There's lots of project pages there. Um, again, there's a question and answer uh, section that's in, in great depth on, on every aspect of, of earthbag building. Um, there's plans available from there. And um, so uh, if you're interested in earthbag building in particular, earthbagbuilding.com would, would be one of the primary sources. Um, and, and as I mentioned, the Dream Green Home site is, is entirely house plans um, that uh, you can get a, a tremendous amount of insight into lots of different designs for, for housing just by browsing through all the different plans that are available on that website. And then the, the uh, naturalbuilding.com, naturalbuildingblog.com 
um, is uh, much more eclectic. And uh, and since I share that with, with Owen, uh, we both put up uh, lots of different things that interest us. And so it has migrated to, to being more general in terms of, of uh, a lifestyle that is, is oriented towards permaculture and, and conservation. Um, so there's, there's lots of, of, of posts there that, that relate to uh, regenerative uh, concepts for, for living. Um, and so it's not just about building, it's, it's about lifestyle as, as, as much as, as, as anything. Yeah, one of the things that I really love is the the breadth of knowledge that you put out there. I know you have the specialty within earth and building, but with the different house plans and the large overview of different types of natural building methods that you have uh, on your other websites, it has been really inspiring to me. And I can definitely definitely attest for those listening out there uh, to the quality, especially of the plans of the houses and uh, the knowledge that you get both through the forums and also for being able to access those experts directly. I've used those resources quite a bit in my own learning experience. And I've, I've been very appreciative of the quality of knowledge that you put out there. Well, thank you. I appreciate your comments. So before I let you go, could you tell our listeners how they could get in touch with you directly um, and where you would point them in the direction of, aside from just the websites, on how they can learn more and uh, get access to some other resources that might further them along in their journey towards a regenerative lifestyle? Well, I, I would suggest uh, going to the primary website, greenhomily.com, because from that, you can not only connect with me, uh, there's a contact form that you can fill out and I'll get emails and I always respond to people. Um, but also you can go through the website itself and, and learn a great deal. Um, so that's uh, the main way to, to uh, access the, the base of information that, that I make available. I was going to mention that uh, I, I, I'm really pleased that over the years the uh, the uh, number of people who access those those websites has grown to the point where um, on any given day I average about ten thousand uh, visitors every day um, and and so I'm, I'm really uh, connecting with a, a lot of people and providing uh, you know what I think is, is a very valuable service um, this you know, at first, I, many years ago, I, I was mostly working with film and with videotape, but I, I never felt that I was able to to, to uh, make contact and make an, a, a positive effect necessarily with with uh, as many people as as I can through my website. So that's why I focused on on, on online activities lately. Yeah, I definitely hear you there. That's the purpose behind this podcast and the web presence that we have as well. Um, could you talk just real quickly about the new book that you have coming out, the Essential Series on Earthbag Building, published by New Society Publishers? Sure. That that book is actually about two weeks away from from being available. Um, I, I expect it to come out around the, the 1st of April. And... Um, it's, as you mentioned, it's one of a series of essential uh, building books that New Society Publishing is 
is uh, publishing. Uh, I think this will be about the seventh or eighth book that they they that they will have published, um, and and they're they're doing a very thorough uh, coverage of, of almost all aspects of of uh, natural building and and some aspects that are, are fairly arcane, uh, like uh, uh, there's. Oh, what do they call it? The um, lime and and uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it. But all of their books are are uh, extremely uh, detailed and and um, and focused on on providing hands-on necessary uh, information, step-by-step information for how to go about building in, 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 in a large range of, of techniques. So I can, I can highly recommend their series, and, and they should be available both from New Society uh, Publishing and from Amazon. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'll be available in both of those places, and, and I'll have them up on my websites as well. Yeah, I mean, I love that series. I'm slowly making my way through interviewing all of the different authors. I've already spoken to Lydia Dolman from the Light Straw Clay Guide. And uh, those are fantastic resources for anybody looking to learn in depth about any particular natural building method or material. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for all your time and your insights. Uh, I'm sure that I'll be contacting you again in the future for a follow-up because I know I've just sort of scratched the surface at the knowledge and the experience that you have. Um, But like you said, anybody else who's interested in getting in touch with you directly can do so through those websites, and I would definitely encourage people to do that. So uh, again, thank you for taking the time, and I hope we can catch up again soon. Thank you, Oliver, and uh, have a wonderful afternoon. Cheers, you too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, you can find all the show notes for this and all other episodes at AbundantEdge.com by clicking on the podcast tab in the navigation bar. On the website, you can also find a whole range of educational articles as well as the services we offer from design and consulting to education. While you're there, don't forget to take a look at the courses and workshops that we offer, which are all designed to empower you to take back control of your life by giving you the skills to produce your own food, manage landscapes regeneratively, build your own homes and structures with natural materials, and most importantly, to dream ever bigger about the highest potential that you could achieve for yourself, your community, and the planet that we all share. Thank you sincerely to all of you who have and continue to add comments and send feedback to me. Your contributions help this to be the conversation and dialogue that it's meant to be. For anyone else interested, you can email me and the whole team directly at info at AbundantEdge.com or you can post your questions directly to the Abundant Edge podcast Facebook page to which there's a link in the show notes of this episode. All of your feedback makes these episodes and interviews so much more engaging and help me to give you the information and content that you want. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you again in next week's session.